done. You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. Seven minutes past the hour. Hope you're okay wherever you might be here on this Tuesday. Text line's open for you, 744-2990. Joining us now, he's the Virginia Tech Hall of Famer, broadcaster of the year, Mike Burnup in, oh my goodness, one of his favorite places, Syracuse, New York. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> Good morning, Rick. How you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> uh, well, I hope you had safe yeah. travels anyway. <laughs> well, it was early. We had an early flight yesterday and got a really early flight tomorrow morning at 530. Oh, my gosh. Oof. Awful. Oof. That's the way it is. There's just so few flights. I mean, we tried to we tried to switch our flight yesterday because we just got back from West Virginia, uh, or Pitt, I guess, down through West Virginia. Saturday night, really late. Sunday morning, I guess. And gosh, there was just no flights. You could you could get there at noon, or you could get there at ten o'clock at night. Well, that's not a good option. So no, no. We got here early yesterday, and uh, we'll leave early tomorrow morning. And fortunately, we're we got a little lucky with the weather. Yeah, temp- temperature's been in the gosh. Yesterday was in the low to mid fifties, I think, and really not much snow anywhere around. Our Uber driver said there were like 60 inches below normal. Wow. So I guess they haven't had the lake effect this year like some places have. Well, that's always good news when you don't have to worry about the yeah. weather, right? Absolutely. Oh, man, we've been up here somewhere like a frozen tundra, man. I mean, like sometimes you never even see the ground. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's encouraging. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. Tough one. I mean, Okie says, you know, you're getting out four games and uh you know not much margin for error as we talked about before and you know there's you get two decent opportunities obviously between tonight's game against Syracuse and then obviously Wake Forest on Saturday uh, to try to make a little headway and get out of that tenth spot because you don't want to be in that first day playing in you can help it uh so the Hokies should clearly got some work to do you know played well in the first half at Pitt not play well in the second half and uh you know so that's kind of the way it's been up and down here yeah they were right there and then all of a sudden you look up and Pitt goes on a big run and then the thing is done um it was just Mike Young just standing there his arms crossed like yeah sometimes this happens sometimes there are games like that right but uh what was your what was your viewpoint to how the game changed as quickly as it did to start the second half well, they did. They got on a little bit of run, and, you know, Henson got going a little bit. The Hokies just could not buy a three. I mean, that was just uh, just awful. I mean, if you don't make shots, 
for Virginia Tech, you know, you're going to be in trouble. And um, when you look at it, it was all said and done, they were 20 or 21 or something. That's just not good enough. And, um, you know, Henson was a handful inside, which he knew he was going to be because he had that subpar game against Wake Forest. And he came out and played really, really well. And uh, they got some talent on that roster. Um, you know, I think Jason Cable's done a nice job, and uh, they've turned that place around, had a great crowd on hand, and the uh, place was rocking and rolling. And so he's kind of got it going a little bit. So happy for him. Six year, you know, his record wasn't great. He was like 92 and 90 coming into the game. But uh, he looks like he's got him in the right direction, which is good. Well, on this Syracuse team, I mean, um, you know, at home, they've been better this year. Tech still, I mean, on the roads, that's been a problem, hasn't it? You've talked about it so many times during our conversations during the season. They're, they just have a little different personality when they're not playing at Castle. Yeah, they do. I and mean, a lot of teams are like that. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. You know, Pitt had lost, I think, five games at home and won six on the road. So, you know, <laughs> it's just different for every team. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was just it's frustrating. And, you know, obviously they're – and the Dome is a tough place to play anyway. The Hokies haven't won a lot of games up there, I think twice maybe. And so, you know, I think Red Autry, old Adrian's done a really good job. You know, he's a former assistant that was at Virginia Tech and a graduate of Syracuse, played there, I think, in the early 90s, 1994, I think, and got into coaching, came to Virginia Tech as the, the director of ops for Seth and uh, became an assistant coach and then, left and went back up there as an assistant coach and became a uh, associate head coach and then got the head job when Bayheim retired. You know, it was kind of a quick ascension for uh, Adrian Autry. And, um, you know, they're coming off their big Jim Bayheim day that was up here on Saturday. had an unbelievable crowd for that game. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of cool to see what Red's done and uh, happy for him. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, he had a lot of work to do to change from that zone defense that they ran for years and years and years under right under Bayheim. Yeah, and so, but uh, he's got him playing well. Mike Burnup joining us on the program from upstate New York, Syracuse, where the Hokies will take on the uh, Orange tonight in a game that's pretty close in terms of Vegas. So it could be any game that uh, Tech can get a win. Maybe one, if they could get this one, like you said, Mike, maybe it just, like you said, right now the goal has to be not playing the first day, right? That's got to be yeah. it. No doubt, yeah, because that's, that's tough. I mean, you got you talk about a tough road with a hoe now when you got to play that first day and try to get in there and win this thing. Uh, yeah, that's, that makes it really difficult. And, um, yeah, so you want to avoid that at all costs. And, you know, I think – just looking at it, you're sitting there in tenth place, and you know those teams that are um, below you, or you know you, you get two options, or two the two good options are obviously playing with some Syracuse because you know the other two, Notre Dame and Louisville, are not having very good years and are not going to help you. So that's one of those things we'll just have to see. But you know it's a, it's like a log jam. There's only a couple of games to separate tenth place from all those other ones down there, like fifth place. You know, so if you can somehow try to win three out of four, four out of four, or something like that, you know, you get yourself back in a decent position for a seeding in the tournament anyway. Well, and that's the thing, you know, Mike, when you watch them and they're playing so well, I mean, you go back to the Virginia game, although from what we've seen from Virginia, it may have been a lot more of them too, right? Just not, for some reason, they just can't score the basketball at all. But, 
man, you watch Tech play that well, and you realize they're capable of going on that kind of run, aren't they? Well, that's it. I mean, that's what's frustrating, I'm sure, for Mike Young is that you've seen this team play really well on a lot of occasions, you know, putting up 91 against Georgia Tech and playing great against UVA, you know, playing a good half half there, and then you turn around and you can't play. And I think what, what probably drives me crazy or as much as anything else probably drives him crazy is you got the inconsistencies of how one you know one guy might play great one guy a game and then come out and just totally lay an egg the next you know i mean it's like i you know using don't want to use an example of you know point the finger at any kids but you know some of those guys will come out and shoot the lights out in the next game they can't make a bucket and so it just gets frustrating that you know, you know they can do it. It's just a matter of, you know, why aren't you doing it or why can't you do it now when we need you to do it? So it's a little frustrating, I'm sure, the up and down, the inconsistencies, and it uh, costs you, you know, cost you games. Yeah, it will. And it's just a fine line, especially when you get this late in the season. And um, these teams know each other so well, even though you have new staffs. I mean, everybody knows what the other one's trying to do. And that's the thing about conference play. Well, it's like, I can't remember what Coach said. They just said that the conference play kind of reveals all, right? That's when you find out your true self. And sure enough, that's why this ACC year has just been so up and down throughout. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, then you look at some of these games that happen like every night. It's like, how in the world of Miami being that much as they were last night? How do they come back and they go near beat Carolina? I mean, they were in that game until the very end. Missed uh, Carolina missed a bunch of free throws. I think they were like ten out of nineteen at one point. Left the door open for Miami, and you know you just see some of these teams that are down, like West Virginia last night. How much were they down? Twenty five or twenty five? Yeah, yeah. Came back had a four point lead and ended up going to overtime and losing. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's there's enough guys out there that can play ball, right? But it's a matter of what are you going to get out of these, <laughs> and then you know, and then the forty minutes. So. It's a crazy year for hoops. Yeah, it really is. Anywhere you look in any conference, it's it's hard to find a favorite. You know, I know there's some good teams at the top, but you don't look at any of them as being kind of infallible. You know, this tournament this year, which is why I hope they don't mess with it, Mike, and all this expansion talk to 96. But this tournament this year is going to be just wide. I know we say it every year, but it seems like this year it's going to be more wide open than ever. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And, uh, you know, there's so many teams that could win it, and you just never know. Whoever gets hot at a certain time, just got to get those ones on the weekends, those early weekends, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, win those two games and then win the next two and just kind of proceed slowly and see what you got. Should be fun to watch, you. Well, you've been around college athletics for so long, and you've seen all these changes. You know, I was talking about an article that was about where we're headed with all this and the potential unionization of uh, student athletes and these tough decisions departments are going to be faced with and what the SEC and the Big Ten are up to. I mean, have you ever had a more volatile a volatile outlook, right, of what's going on in college athletics right now? Nah, it's like the Wild West. You know, I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen and when it's going to happen, how it's going to be, and looking down the, you know, the big tunnel, you know, how's it going to end up? I don't think anybody knows. It's uh kind of scary uh, but obviously some of the you have somehow to get control over it on the nil the portal and just have some more rules because right now it's just totally out of hand and crazy and so 
you just don't know where it's going to end up for sure. No, no. And, you know, it's disappointing because it's such a pure, great sport, you know, when you think about Saturdays of college football and all these basketball and March Madness coming up. I mean, it's just such a great time. But it's changed so much, too. Agreed. 100%. I mean, it's um... – I don't know, it gets kind of it gets kind of depressing when you sit back and think about it, right? <laughs> when you sit, yeah. you read all these articles, you hear all this stuff going on with those two leagues, and you kind of go, "Wow, this whole thing is going to look so much different." And I know it's going to, but it still doesn't make it any easier to accept. Yeah, yeah. And then you got that situation. How about the old court storming? How bad was that, man? When yeah, get, yeah. Guy gets hurt. It's got to I mean, stop, doesn't it, Mike? I mean, seriously, that's, yeah, it's just ridiculous. I don't understand. I, mean, I don't understand. I know, and um, I don't think nobody really knows the extent of you know how bad he's hurt. They're kind of keeping it close to the cuff, right? I guess they played Louisville tomorrow night, and whether he'll play or not, who knows? But you know, to have a guy like that—that's such a great player uh, have to go through that experience and get helped off the court. I mean, that's just inexcusable. Well, it was interesting. Uh, Jay Billis and Seth Greenberg have really been vocal about these schools and, and Greenberg sitting there saying they should find the schools a million dollars. That would get their attention <laughs> to do something. Well, about yeah. It. I mean, how right? is the ACC the only conference that like doesn't have some kind of a policy? Yeah, I don't that? understand. Yeah, I mean, come on, like that—that's just not acceptable. Yeah, but that would take care of a lot of those things for sure. You know, find them, and, and it's the first sellout they've had there in seven years or something. I guess they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, let that happen at the end of the game, and you know, not have the safety of the other team at at, at your utmost importance is just bad. That's just bad for the sport. Well, and, and Jay Billis was saying, you know what would really stop it? He said, if there was an announcement by a league that if you charged the floor before the other team was off the floor, that you would have to forfeit that game immediately. Now, that'll never happen, but, you know, yeah. it, was an, it, yeah. was, it was an interesting thought process that he had. That would get people to stay in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what, did you come on there to, before the horn sounded or not? <laughs> yeah. So you got to forfeit, or was there still a half a second left on the clock? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be a little crazy. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at security at Virginia Tech, and it seems like, you know, Rhino does a really nice job of getting those guys out there. And as soon as the horn sounds, you know, they're out there on the floor immediately. And uh, they try to make sure that the uh, the other team is protected, not – that there have been a ton of court stormings at Castle, you know, because they're pretty uh, good fans in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, it can happen. It's just but they weren't prepared for that. That no, was just bad. No, it's bad. It's bad. And we're getting ready to get uh, spring football cranked up soon, right? I mean, it's, it's it's all rolling sevens right now for Tech football. Everybody's just so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you get through this, uh, this last week of February, and then next week, I guess, is uh, – spring break and then the ACC basketball tournament is when they'll be back and uh, they'll start their pre-spring quick and then they'll get right into it because you only got a month basically from the time you start back uh, after spring break until the spring game on April 13th so yeah there won't be a lot of downtime in there I know they'll get right after it and have those 20 practices and uh, should be fun they're going there's a lot going around uh, going on around that spring game weekend with you know, trying to get the ex-players back in town and all that. So, 
just keeping your fingers crossed for great weather and hopefully it'll be a fun afternoon with some great tailgating and just keep that ball rolling keep the momentum going absolutely absolutely and we'll see if tech can get the ball uh swishing through the nets here tonight at Syracuse. You guys will be on, what, 6.30, you and Zach? With the 6.30, yep. yeah. 6.30 yeah. on the air. And <clears throat> game is at 7, and uh, we'll head on back and uh, get ready for Wake Forest on Saturday, which should be fun because they got a really good team. They do. Uh, you know, you just wonder how many students will be there since it's really the start of spring break. You know, everybody right. kind of scoots out early. That's right. Uh, so we'll see what kind of crowd they have there. But Wake's a really good team, and uh, – That'd be a good one to get a feather under your cap to get that win. Well, it would be, and they're certainly capable of starting a positive streak tonight against Syracuse. And have safe travels getting back tomorrow, man. Yeah, it'll be early, but uh, we'll get back hopefully at some point. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, these flights are getting a few and far between. We're almost at the end of the line with that. Yes, you are. Of course, yes, we'll are. drive to D.C. for the uh, ACC basketball tournament, so that'll be good. It still doesn't feel like a natural fit to me, right? The tournament being up there. Yeah. Well, the next five are in Charlotte or Greensboro. There you go. They learned their lesson. They learned their lesson. Yeah, I think that's where it needs (laughs) to be. You know, those fans will have issues up in D.C. with, you know, the money, the parking, the expense of it. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. All right, my friend. Well, listen, stay safe. Have a great call tonight. All right, Rick. Sounds good. Have a good rest of your week, too. All right, man. There you go. That's uh, Mike Burnup, the Hall of Famer, the broadcaster of the year. Appreciate him joining us this morning. He's had a lot of travel, man. That's a lot going to Pitt and then having to figure out a way to get to Syracuse and coming back tomorrow. But uh, you can hear Zach and Mike tonight, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock to tip over on 105.3 The Bear. We'll be back. More coming up after this. so good by Chuck Mangione. Peeps always are happy. So that makes me happy. (laughs) Good stuff, though. Tough to feel so good about the current state of uh, college athletics from uh, the things we've been discussing, but... uh, we shall see how it all plays out in the long run. Just always remember that college presidents and the politics behind how those presidents are appointed in each state or in each community, just keep in mind that there's a different way of thinking at the upper ends how the leagues are best set up if they continue to expand from a playoff point of view. Why? It's important if Notre Dame would ever join your league, right? They don't know about all these things. We're halfway home here on a Tuesday. Thanks to Mike Burnham. Jermaine Farrell next as we motor along.
David Smith leads off Hour 3. Tuesday, hope you're great, wherever you might be. David Smith comes up in just a little bit, leading off the third hour. Thanks to Mike Brunner for joining us. Joining us now on the program. He's the sports director at WFXR. They always have the best, especially in local sports coverage. His name is Jermaine Farrell. Jermaine, how are you? Good morning, my man. I tell you what, I'm more awake uh, this week than I was last week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel uh, it helps to get some sleep every now. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I'm the same way. I don't get nearly enough, and you feel it, don't you? Yeah. And when you don't get yeah, enough sleep, ooh, it's bad. Yeah, that, bad. That, thank, thank goodness we don't have those. Like I said, we didn't have that You know, last week, of course, we covered off the Virginia, Virginia Tech game. But Maybe a couple hours here or there, and then, you know, I, but I got to step it up my game this week. Uh, I'm back. I'm back. As they say, uh, he's back, back better than ever, as they say. He's back. <laughs> it was like, he, he was playing, you know, it was like, you know, I felt like the NBA, four games in, in five five days or something, like they, these college, these conference tournaments are coming up. We got to get all these games in a row. So, you know, but now I got Absolutely. a little, little bit of a break. Absolutely. We're, we're good. We were busy. We were busy, but, you know, at least I got a little sleep in. But we, we're good. We're good. All right, a lot I want to cover with you, um, and I got to get into this whole Auburn High School, George With High School uh, basketball playoff game that was completely tainted by the rules that are in place in the VHSL where both teams were just kind of holding the ball, dribbling for three to four minutes, and then going for the last shot in the extra sessions. I mean, why in the world do you think, Jermaine, I don't know what the count is, but I know Virginia, one of the very few states that still don't have a shot clock. Well, I mean, Virginia, well, the, the national high school sports, I think it's the National High School Sports Federation, wherever it is, I can't remember what the official lingo is. You can have a shot clock, and I think the state of Virginia has possibly could be going toward that, but the thing is, the game Saturday, I mean, it was 46-46 heading into overtime. You play four overtimes, and the score ended up being 54-52. Yeah. So in essence, in four overtimes, and I think there were a lot of free throws. I mean, there were a couple of buckets here or there. You know, I was at the game, and, you know, for fans, it's not the greatest way of, of playing basketball. Fans don't like it. Uh, it's just, I think part of it is, it's tough. It's tough, I guess. You've been playing a, a flow of basketball up and down the floor, you know, going, you know, as fast as you can for the most part, you know, and then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're asking the team to, okay, take the ball out. If that's your strategy, that's your strategy that works for you. But sometimes I think pace of play and flow of play could end up hurting you more than helping you. So, you know, would I like to see a shot clock? Yeah, but, you know, 
I've talked to some athletic directors, and I'm not going to mention names because it's the higher role, but some feel like we don't we we can't hold a ball for 30 seconds, you know, with a shot clock. A lot of them feel that it's an added expense because it is because if you do bring in a shot clock, that's an expense. And when you look at who's on the the, the scores table, I mean. It's it, a lot of scores tables. You got to add another person there. It's not a lot of room, considering in fact on a scores table you have the PA announcer, you have the the scoreboard runner, and you each side gets a uh, each uh, team gets someone to score their books. You know, so in a typical game you might have four people at the scores table, but you know a lot of these high schools the scores tables aren't that big, so you got to add another person. And that's gonna be five. And running a shot clock isn't the easiest thing in the world because you have to be trained for that. It's not just, you know, it's not just, hey, you know, here's the shot clock, let's go with it. Because you got to know what you're doing when it comes to the shot clock and that comes with training. I mean, heck, even at this level, I mean, you know, you know how that is running a shot clock. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So, and they've been doing that for years at the college level. Like, you know, so, you know, it, it I think it just messes up the flow of a game, and then fans don't like it. I mean, I was at the game and covering that, and fans were booing. They yeah. just didn't like the yeah. style because I think it it's it, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like you're let's say you're driving from Radford to Richmond. Just use an example. And you're on the interstate, and you're driving this the legal speed limit, of course. You know, not going to advocate the speed. <laughs> right, right. But <laughs> but you're driving that, and then you get to around, say, you you turn off on 64, and you go, you know, near Charlottesville, and then traffic is just stopped. Like, there's no movement of traffic. You're used to going a certain speed, and then because of traffic, you have to slow down, or you have to stop. You're at a, stop, a standstill. That's how it kind of felt to me. You know, you know, I had this flow up and down the court. They were running. Not, not going to say running and gunning, but there was a pace of play. There was a flow. And then, bang, with about, you know, a minute or so, two minutes to go, you're holding the ball. And it, and it kind of takes things back to before, you know, you had games like that. So, you know, the, I guess the end's just by the means. But, but on the flip side, hey, you got to do what you got to do to win. But, I mean, it's not the greatest look in basketball. And, and you know. Some teams won't do that. I can tell you right now, some teams will not do that. They're going to play for the game. Correct. And a lot of times when you, 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 you let's say you, you're, you're drilling the ball, you want to leave yourself enough time. But let's say if you have to, let's say you take a shot and you miss it, you got to give yourself enough time for a rebound. If you, you start taking that clock down about getting to your offense with about 10 seconds to go, it leaves you zero margin for error. So, but, you know, Hey, both teams now they're they're there's in the state quarterfinals and you know, now it's a new ball game, but uh, yeah, you, you just I personally I I hope that, that we don't see that anymore, but I don't I, I'm I'm saying right now, I think if of a championship's on the line or a state on the line, you gotta do what you gotta do to win, so we'll just see how it goes from here. But yeah, it's 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 not a good look. He is Jermaine Farrell joining us on the program, the sports director at WFXR. And it was a uh, a big scene on Sunday uh, for Tech women's basketball, huh? Holding off mm-hmm. uh, Carolina Senior Day, and that team is what ten in a row now, Jermaine. They are on an absolute roll. I think potentially maybe headed back to a number one seed if they take care of business the rest of the year, including the tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, I, this team. I'm about to tell you right now, this team. 
I mean, kudos to Kenny Brooks. I mean, Kenny Brooks, I mean, he had a great career at James Madison. And I, we, I was talking to Carolyn Peck, who's with ESPN. She says, you know, you know, he needs to get a Power 5 job. And once he got to – and I was talking to him after, after, after the game, and I said, Coach, I mean, watching this kind of brought me back to the vision you had when you talked about it when he was hired. And when Virginia Tech women's basketball, I mean, when it first kind of started off, I mean, Dennis Wolf was the coach when I got here, and then you go to Kenny Brooks. And then Kenny Brooks is just taking it to another level. And the neat thing is, is that, I mean, when we first saw it, I mean, if you got a couple of thousand fans in there, it would be a good game. But now, I mean, it's sold out. There were lines wrapped around the building. I mean, it was it was so great to see. There was a lot of energy. There was passion. And they really get into it. And probably the best atmosphere for uh, – women's college basketball in the ACC, hands down. Because, I mean, the fans are fired up. And then you have great players like Liz Kitley, who is, should have her jersey retired. I would have loved to see them, reti- see them retire her jersey Sunday, but, I mean, obviously Tech has protocols with that. And then Georgia Amore is a star. I mean, why is she not on the Australian uh, national team playing for them in the Olympics? I don't know, but that's what they do. And then the role players are really stepping up. And, and it's kind of funny because Kenny even said, Coach Brooks said, you know what, early, early on, everybody had expectations. They were in the top ten, and it took time for them to gel, and now they're, the Pistons are firing. I mean, I feel like this is a carbon copy of last year's team that made it and then run to the Final Four. And the thing is, now you clinch the number one seed. Uh, you win one more game, I mean, you're going to have the title outright. But, I mean, they made history this year. I mean, the sellouts to share, to, to clinch a regular season title and clinch a, a number one seed in your in your tournament, that's big time. And what's funny is everybody else around the league is struggling. I mean, they'll lose a game here or there, but Tech, they keep winning. They're winning on the road. They're winning at home. I mean, I mean they are just playing fantastic basketball. It's, 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 it's beautiful to watch. It's a great flow. I mean, and then, you know, the, 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 there's still issues with how their teams are roughing up Liz Kitley, which, you know, I, I mean, they, they got to do something. I mean, I know she's a post player and all that, but she doesn't deserve the abuse that she's getting on the court because that's not good basketball. I mean, they're rough. They're not even calling the fouls on her. I mean, they're roughing her up and doing all this other stuff. So I think the biggest thing is if they can keep playing like this, Someone asked Kenny, um, hey, uh, do you think it helped you lose a game? And Kenny said, H-E double hockey sticks, no. Why lose a game? I mean, if you're playing this well, why lose? I mean, yeah, some teams might want it, but no, keep winning. So right now, I mean, if you look at it, to win a national title, they'd have to win six games in the tournament. And then right now, that's another – so in essence, if they could, they if they could win, they got to win eleven more in a row. You know, now if you lose in the ACC tournament, you know that's a different ball game. But I mean, why not? I mean, because right now they can play with anybody in the country. You know, right now I mean, because they're ranked fifth in the country, and you know they they can you know do what they got to do. So it's going to be neat to see how this team continues. I mean, George Amore said in the press conference there's a maturity with the team which I definitely see. 
and it's just such a great thing to see. Kudos to Virginia Tech, Kenny Brooks, and what they're doing. And hey, sky's the limit. So let's keep doing it. Let's let's keep the keep the flow going. And you know, obviously, the road to Cleveland. You know, that's what they want to get to. They want to get to Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And like I said, if they if they went out, oh, if they win the ACC championship, there's no doubt in my mind they'd be a number one seed. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, because I can't see them not being a number one seed because everybody else is losing around them. That it's in that mm-hmm. that's in that zone. The, the only other team that's playing just as good as they are right now is South Carolina. Yeah, they're on a different the only, plane yeah, of existence. <laughs> they yeah, are. South Carolina is on. I mean, South Carolina's on a roll, but Tech is right after them. I mean, when it comes to win streaks. All right, I got to ask you as a fellow wrestling guy. Of course, we just lost Ole Anderson, man. People have been texting yeah. in this morning. The four horsemen. We lose another one of the horsemen. I know uh, he was one of those guys, right? Growing up watching wrestling. I mean, he was just the personification of the four horsemen, wasn't he? Oh yeah. And the thing is about Ole Anderson, he didn't care. He I mean, you listen to him Ole early, uh, later. And that's what he was. I mean, he was a man's man. I mean, there's what? the thing. I mean, and he, and even after he stopped wrestling, he told it like it was. He didn't sugarcoat it. Nope. Like when they inducted the four horsemen into the WWE Hall of Fame, always said, I'm not part of that. You know, they inducted, because I think they inducted the, the version with uh, Barry Wendell. Yeah, yeah. And Ric Flair. And, and But he started that. He was the originator of the four horsemen. And, you know, just a man's man, a, a great wrestler, promoter. He owned Georgia Championship Wrestling. And, you know, he was big in Jim Crockett promotions. Yep, and, yep. And all that. But they tried to, that was their stretch when they kicked him out of the horseman and they turned him into a baby face, which to me, he wasn't a baby. No, not at all, ever. I mean, there's certain wrestlers, you say, hey, you try to make him a baby face, but it doesn't work. But he was just, I mean, so he was was an awesome wrestler, though, technician. And, you know, they, they brought him in to do those things. Then they brought him back, you know, and, you know, as the four horsemen, they brought him back in in the later years, but. It just wasn't the same like that original group because you knew that probably, and people say factions, like you got a bunch of factions now, but hands down, that, that, that four horsemen faction was, was the best. Absolutely. Because they, they were so cool. I mean, even even they were heels, they were cool. I they mean, were. you can be a cool heel. Right. But they were cool. I Absolutely. mean, you know, and, and, you know, growing up, you hated them, but that's what they wanted to see. I mean, it's, it's, you know, wrestlers said it's always much, so much more fun to play heel than a baby. Like, I remember times when, like, Ricky Steamboat said, hey, you know, I wish I could have played a heel. But Ricky Steamboat couldn't have been a heel. There's certain – now, I will, I'll tell you this. You know a, a guy that could have been a heel? I think Magnum T.A. could have been a good heel. No, there's he, no he doubt. He just has that. Yeah. You know, Dusty Rhodes played a heel before. You know, Hulk Hogan – played a great heel. Now the rock is sort of going back to the heel mode right now. But it's fun to play a heel, you know? Boogeyman we used so, to talk about it here on the show. Jimmy Valiant liked it when his heel days. He he said it was a lot more fun to be the bad guy. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times the guys that play heels are not that that's not how they are in real life. I mean they are completely different oh, yeah. as a heel. Because yeah. they're playing a character like you're acting. You're playing a sure. character. Absolutely. But in real life, you know, and like I said, like Ric Flair, I mean, 
Ric Flair, I thought he was. I mean, yeah, they have him as a baby face, but he's a. I mean, he plays a heel. He was you know, the best but, heel ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, he was a heel. He was a heel. But I mean, when you get him away from him, I mean, is that's not his. Well, actually, I think some of that persona as Ric Flair is the same <laughs> when he's away from wrestling stuff. But no yeah, question. I mean, no question. That's what it is. That is what it is. But yeah, but but yeah, we got great state basketball coming up. I mean, and. I tell you one thing. In one game that was pretty cool, Northside Tunstall. That was a good basketball game on uh, Saturday. So at the ha- at the castle. So good stuff ahead. I mean, ESPN College Game Day was fantastic. I mean, now you talk about wanting not wanting to play in that opening day if you're the Virginia Tech men. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. definitely going to get some things going because right now you're going to be in that opening day. You want to get at least, like you said, Rick, you want to get at least one bye if you can. Oh, absolutely. You're Virginia Tech men because playing on Tuesday, I mean, you got to win five games in five days. And usually a team that plays the opening day, a lot. Of, I think the best the team has maybe made it to is the quarterfinals like because they make it to day three and then they kind of run out of gas. We've seen Virginia Tech, they've done it. They've played four, they've won four in four days. But a couple of years ago, but five and five, that's asking a lot. So we'll just see how it goes. Well, all right, brother. Well, listen, great stuff as always, and uh, look forward yeah. to all the coverage of the local tournaments and also of the colleges on WFXR. Hope you have a great week. You too. By the way, uh, I was at Castle, and uh, you got a lot of fans, Rick. They love our segments, and they, they love Big Dog Sports Talk. I'm telling you, you, you got a fan base down there, and, and they love listening to you, and and I, I want to tell, I want to say thank you to all the listeners who, who listen to this show and listen to our segments and appreciate what we do. We, we, I enjoy it. Rick, you enjoy it, and it's a blessing that I mean, you have a cadre of, uh, you have a cadre of uh, people on your show, and and we all love being a part of your galaxy, and it's always a blessing to do that. So uh-huh. appreciate thank that. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate everything you do, brother. All right, man. Listen, have a great week, and uh, we you will too. talk to you again next week. Yes, sir. We'll get it going. All right. There you go. That's Jermaine for all great stuff from him. And I love to – I can jump around different things with Jermaine because I know he's following it. <laughs> right? I know he's like me, big wrestling guy. And, uh, yeah, you, you lose somebody like Ole Anderson, man. You kind of uh, – you know it's about time, right? But still, it doesn't make it any easier. Good stuff from Jermaine. All right. We're going to take a break, come back, and uh, wrap up Hour 2. She said tomorrow. I mean, I'll be in Charleston, but take that, you snow cultists. <laughs> All right, thanks to Mike Burnup, Jermaine Farrell. Power uh, Hour coming up. Our NFL correspondent, the Radford University Hall of Famer, David Smith, joins us on the program. Text line's open for you, 744. 2990. More coming up as we motor along on a Tuesday.